Howdy, and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we talk all things hunting and introduce you to innovative hunting products and services. If you want to level up your hunting game and gear, be sure to join the hunt. To join the hunt, text the word BANDIT to 345-345, and when you do, you'll join our email list, where we'll send killer deals on innovative hunting products and services, along with entertaining tips and tricks straight to your inbox. Again, text the word BANDIT to 345-345, and we look forward to seeing you on the hunt. Hey folks, Jimmy here. I just wanted to let you know of a killer giveaway contest that we're running right now until the end of July. We're giving away an amazing $250 gift card to Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. If you've been wanting to get some more of that killer gear you've been needing, then you'll definitely want to sign up. Just head on over to FeedBandit.com and enter today. And don't forget to refer all your hunting buddies and you'll get additional entries into the contest. Details are at FeedBandit.com and click on the giveaway contest link at the top. Good luck! Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Feed Bandit podcast. Uh, Jimmy here, as always, and, uh, well, and as always, I am joined by uh, my record bandit, Richard. What's going on? Uh, uh, I'm yeah. good. You caught, you caught me in mid-stretch. Oh, <laughs> long, oh, I'm, much, long... I'm much better now. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I thought I might have caught you in a little something else. But yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, no, no, no. right. Awesome. Well, uh, so in this one, I think uh, we're just going to talk about a, like a, a potpourri of uh, little a little hunting things that uh, kind of went on lately. Uh, you had a good weekend down at uh, Rancho Bandito that, yeah. unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Other other life kind of, unfortunately, preceded that, prevented me. Yes. <laughs> ah, man. Do you know? How, do you remember how to get there? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, in reality, though, you know, you you did make, well, you made three or four trips during turkey season. I mean, really, the fall it's all is really what counts. But uh, I mean, I could definitely. Well, there's always work that. to be done in the summer, though, right? We well, that's about very that. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Start us out. What do, yeah. What, uh, where do you want to start? Oh my gosh! Now it was it was a really fun weekend. It was it was one of those weekends with with uh, with some good friends and, of course, a lot of kiddos. Uh, it was a really a really educational weekend too. Uh, we 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 learned a lot, and, and the kiddos really got a, kind of some firsthand uh, firsthand knowledge of of, of snakes, uh, you know, and fortunately and unfortunately. So, um, a good uh, no, teaching experience, right? Yeah, no, they're. they're really was yeah we'll, we'll just we'll jump into that that little ditty first uh right. you know we were out uh, uh we were out on the dock um we were on our, our dock that overlooks the you know the house tank that went and just doing some fishing the kids just slaughtered the bluegills again you know and we really haven't touched a lot on on, on like actual uh you know how to how to set up kids for success in fishing but we, we really need to because that's the fishing is kind of the gateway drug if you will to to the outdoors and the hunting. I mean, I, I quite literally cut my teeth uh, crabbing and, uh, you know, and catching uh, croaker and stingrays and, and little reds down there in Galveston, you know. And so uh, trying to trying that same recipe on my children and my friend's children uh, has really worked. And fishing I, was. Man, fishing I totally was, agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, speaking of, dude, 
uh, as long as we can keep old Jeb from jumping in the water and drowning, uh, I, I, it, it'd be time for him to reel up a shell cracker too. So, oh yeah, no question about it. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I remember uh, I got my start uh, introduction uh, gateway uh, drug. I guess was in uh, Indian guides. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, oh God! Don't say that. It's highly well, that's, expensive. That's why I wanted to say it on this podcast because God, that makes me so angry. <laughs> yes. So uh, freaking stupid. Oh, get me started. Yeah, I was brave. I was brave little hawk. Who were you? Yeah, that's I was running deer. Nice, nice. You guess yeah, what my dad? What, guess what my dad was? Wild turkey. Yes, ah, I already told you that. Yeah. <laughs> what it's was your great. What was your uh, your? Uh, so we were the Mescalero Apaches. Oh, nice. We were the Pawnee Braves. Oh, okay. In oh. fact, okay. Wow, I just remember the jingle, and it goes a little something like that, like this. Strawberry soda, raspberry frizz, Pawnee Braves, as bad as we is. <laughs> now that that is, I mean, that? that's like six years old, buddy. I no, I did not actually. I did not. So yeah, yeah I, I, the, I couldn't uh, write when I was six. What are uh, the uh, uh, weekends down at? Uh, uh, I forget the name of the camp, but is that uh, uh, you know Pots of King? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was great. And, Race for us, that's right. I yeah. won the uh, the fishing award for the biggest fish. That's yeah, good. and I got a it's a, a deer skin is what they gave yeah. as the uh, like the prize or whatever. That's very cool. Very cool. You know, I don't, I don't. We didn't do a whole lot of fishing down there. Um, and, and honestly, I was just so obsessed with looking at all the deer. I mean, I just sit there. That and climbing all those cedar trees. Uh, that yeah. was kind of yeah. my. That was kind of my thing. But uh, boy, talk. <laughs> that's yeah. Wow. We could do a whole podcast on, right. on on Indian guides and Indian princesses and all That's those right. other, all those other offensive things that made us good stewards of the land, but you can't say it anymore. Um, anyway, now so we were we were on the dock doing lots of fishing, uh, just your 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 typical little uh, bluegill rigs, and we were catching all kinds of just some gigantic bluegill, and I think. I'll uh, again. We'll do a fishing piece and we'll post some pictures of it. But you know, some of these bluegill will absolutely wear out. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> oh my God! I don't know what just happened there. Oh, wrong I'm, pipe. I'm getting my bad Batman voice again. <laughs> so sorry. So some of those fish. Will Tell all the bluegill about me. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Wear out those those little kid poles, you know. So the kids just love them; they can barely hold on to them. Anyway, <clears throat> we were having a great time, and uh, our our good buddy Ty, his his son, actually uh, caught a catfish. Then they ended up breaking one of the poles. Oh man! So, the pole actually broke. Oh yeah, actually time. broke it right in half. And of course, you, you know Ty, he's <clears throat> very good with words. He's like, "Well, there goes that one." You know, and oh, it was it was chaos. But but this was a monster catfish, and of course, Bo just just loved it. So <clears throat> it was a really good time. But uh, really, kind of a little towards later in the evening, um, everybody kind of you know vacay of the dock, and it was me and uh, another couple of our our friends. And I and I actually I think Bo had left Tyson's son, who had just caught the the big catfish. So we were just sitting there, kind of enjoying the evening. And I just happened to look at my peripheral vision to the right, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, here comes a snake, you know. That's that's, and you got to realize this dock is, this dock is, you know, what a hundred yards out there in the water. I mean, yeah, this is not, hard. this is not, this is not a dock that's, that's close to land. 
And sure enough, here comes this this snake. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is probably you know some sort of water snake. And our my good buddy pointed out to me that he goes, nah, that thing's venomous. And I'm like, I don't know how the hell you can tell it's venomous from here. Uh, and he reminded me that you know the venomous snakes apparently, um, I guess, have the ability to like kind of inflate. Or the venomous snakes that don't really do well in water, okay, have the ability to kind of inflate themselves and kind of sit on top of the water, whereas the actual dedicated water snakes are more be- be- you know beneath the surface and their heads kind of above. So well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't have my phone on me, or I would have Googled the hell out of it right then and there. But uh, sure enough, uh, here it comes, and I'll be damned if it isn't a little, you know, a little foot-long rattlebug. I just stunned. And, of course, we were we were just stunned. Like, what is this rattlesnake doing out here in the middle of the damn water? Why did it swim to us? Yeah, where did it come from? Like, what angle did it come from? The shore, or was yep. it seemed like yep. it was coming in from the... It, it, it came from the exact area where I attempt to shoot ducks, except for last year. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's just, again, totally bizarre. It, it basically, and then of course, it went out of the dock, and we're all looking, trying to see, you know, whatever. And then it, it, it basically took off it straight into the south wind. Hmm. Uh, and we were thinking to myself, my God, that thing's going to have to eat a cow when, if it gets to shore and doesn't get pummeled by a big bass. Because hmm. uh, it was going into a you know, a 20 mile an hour steady wind. Hmm. Uh, so that, that was kind of the, the first just bizarre running with a, with, with a snake. And again, at Rancho Bandito, we, we see snakes. Okay. We, we definitely got them, uh, but we just don't see a whole lot of them. Uh, fast forward to, uh, to Saturday evening and we were kind of taking an evening drive with the kiddos out looking for, out looking for baby deer, which, which is a lot of fun. Of course, you know, one of the problems is unless you have a population of deer that are deaf, uh, it's really (laughs) tough to be in an open air vehicle with, you know, five or six children, half of which are girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's just a ball, but they're giggling and screaming. And again, you ain't going to see no deer. Right. But uh, we did end up seeing about a four-foot rattlesnake come flying across the road. Wow. So the, yeah, so it, well, he was he was cooking. Uh, it was right by the TH tank, if you know where okay. that is, Yeah. Uh, which I've seen him before. Actually, it's right where you shot your turkey, right near there. Okay. Uh, he came flying across the road, and he was moving so quick. The, the the kids could hear his rattle too. Now he wasn't really? rattling at us. His rattle was just was just making noise because mm-hmm. he moved quickly. Right. So that was that was a really kind of a, a cool experience. Well, the the coup de gras, as they will, and I don't speak French very well, <laughs> would be the following morning. So Sunday morning, my dear good friend, and you'll be seeing pictures of this if you haven't already. My my dear good friend uh, was packing up his pickup, okay, and he parked. Uh, it was kind of a warm weekend, okay, so he parked his truck underneath a tree, uh, and his passion, passenger door was probably about two or three feet away from the, the, the trunk of this tree, all right? Um, and then down below the, 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 um, uh, the trunk of the tree was just, you know, gravel okay so it was nothing nothing big okay there wasn't any bushes or anything like that well uh this is just proof that man i I don't really care where you are unless you're unless you're in downtown new york city which if you are i'm sorry um you've got to be alert you've got to look down every single time 
because as he was about to go into his passenger door, he took one step and, uh, you know, just a foot or so away from him was a rattlesnake all coiled up, uh, and did not rattle, did not make a sound, which Mm. is just, just terrifying. I have come into contact with a bajillion of them in my lifetime. Uh, but the ones that I almost stepped on or got too close to, which is probably been about five or six times have always rattled. Uh, and this guy did not do it. So, you know, I, I'm not one of those hippie guys who's like, save the snakes, bro. But I'm definitely one of those guys who, if I'm out there in the bush and I run into a snake, I'm going to let it go. Okay. I just because, guess what? If we would, if the English would have had snakes back during the Black Plague, you wouldn't have a Black Plague because you wouldn't have any damn rats. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and the snakes could have also taken care of their bad teeth, too. But that, that's a different story. <laughs> so. It is, um, so I just kind of let them go. However, when they're around the house, okay, uh, and when they don't rattle, dude, come on, man. You just don't leave me a lot of choices. Anyways, my buddy didn't ask for permission, but he he, he, he popped him a couple of times, and we, we my, my buddy recoiled him up and put him right there. And so, you know, when, when we talked to the kids, basically from, you know, what, you know, March through, I mean, December, okay, we're, we're always like, kids, listen, look before you walk, all right, don't just run out there like an idiot, okay, this is not Dallas, this is not Lubbock, this is not the city, okay, look before you go out there and run somewhere, if you pick something out, if you pick something up, like a rock, or, you know, maybe a kite, or a frisbee that's out there on the lawn, out there in the country, kick it before you pick it, okay, that's been kind of my, my saying that I kind of I kind of coined trademark uh, years ago, and um, it it it's really it really helps, you know, because you have no idea what's underneath there. I mean, not only snakes, but you got scorpions. You know, who God only knows. So, right, we ended up getting the kids. I <laughs> got a great picture of it. We put it in the back of his truck, and I kind of, as you know, I I can I can block the view of virtually anything. Uh, <laughs> I kind of stood in between the the snake, which was, I got to admit was kind of crazy because he was like right by my leg. I stood between the snake and the kids, and we said, "All right, we want all of y'all to look down here and tell me something that that, that doesn't seem right." All right, and so we got like what six or seven kids in the back, and it took them. It took them. You know, I'd say a good, you know, minute thirty something like that to pick it out. And, and Bo Tyson's son is the one who said snake really? and everybody else was kind of, Oh, you know, and, oh, wow. and that's, and that's because it blends in so oh. damn well. Well, if you look at that picture, I mean, like when you sent it to me, I, yeah. I had to zoom it and look and it was like, Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfect camo. Oh, it's right the that's, spot. I, I tell you what, God creates the best camouflage. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So, uh, and they were kind of like shell shocked, like oh my gosh, you know, especially the 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 kids like mine, my kids, they go there all the time. We're constantly watch your feet, watch your feet, don't run, watch your feet, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and they think we're saying it just to you know whatever, just for practice, but it's true. Um, so that I think that lesson really hit home with them. And of course, you know, during that time, I think we got pictures of it too. I actually picked up the snake and we showed them things, and they got to see the rattle and hear the rattle and you know all that kind of stuff. So again. Uh, hate to kill the thing again. I'm not some freaking liberal hippie, whatever that's against killing snakes, but uh, it was a really good lesson. And quite frankly, I may have just saved myself or my friends about forty thousand dollars with a damn anti venom 
uh, mm-hmm. because getting bit by a bug or anything like that, man, it is it is expensive. So, um, but yeah, a really valuable lesson. And you just, man, you just gotta watch where you're going. Those things, high. I mean, they 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 are out there twenty four seven. They are making a living hunting, uh, you know, looking for food and staying hidden. And their camouflage is great. So you and yeah, and you can't rely on the uh, them to rattle when you're. No, you really can't. You really can't, you know, and, and there was a rumor, not a rumor, and I have to see if I can, maybe, I, I know I didn't hear it on the internet, but I heard from some old timer sometime not too long ago that they were saying, you know, the, the, the power of nature, and I've always said, you, you can't jack with Mother Nature, Mother Nature is going to win, okay, and no matter what you do, you know, humans are just not, um, you know, we're, we're not the greatest thing on earth. Um, well, I don't know. <sighs> so you're saying we we're not affecting the global climate? No, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit, but um, uh, now what 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 I was what I was going to say is, uh, of course, no. The answer to that is, uh, I don't think we are. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I totally lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's oh, what they were. No, no, no. They they were saying that. The, the, the some of these old timers were saying that you know you know for example like with um, what is it oh the, the the Cape Buffalo, so the Cape Buffalo you know they they had said that because there have been so many of the old bulls killed by hunters which which I think or, or poachers probably more poachers than hunters obviously um, that that the cows are now starting to circle the bulls and then that's something apparently that hasn't happened much. Again, I, I'm trying to remember, but but the other one they talked about was that the rattlesnakes. They said that, that there are more rattlesnakes that are, are starting to not rattle because it gets them killed. So so they're they're saying the that that humans or, or whomever you know are are killing all the rattlesnakes that rattle, and, and so they're they're changing so they don't rattle as much or something like that. It's evolution. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thank you. Yeah. I'm like God, that is ab- if that's true. I mean, that is absolutely fascinating. No, yeah, totally. So I've always wanted to fly. So I'm hoping that maybe the the fat under my arm starts to stretch a little bit more, and I I will jump off a building and try it. You never know. <laughs> so well, maybe it could, more, it could be more like a uh, like a blimp. Or yeah. Or like a... yeah. That, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Hey, you Sorry. start. That's... Yeah. No, I, I definitely walk into that. So. <laughs> Anyway, but that. Hey, that I'm not far the, behind you, so don't. Yeah, you know, well, I, I, hey. I'll be, I'll be right there with you. I may yeah, not be as I, high in the air, but I'll be up there. Sure, know? sure, we'll be up there together. That, yeah. that, that's what's fun. So yeah, that was kind of the snake thing. Again, just a, a really cool experience. Um, but, uh, I think the other thing we did that that was really cool is, is the whole the whole fish habitat, and we did a video on this. And I think you're gonna be doing an email on it as well, but. Um, you know, back summer of, well, it was last year, August, 2018, the, uh, the house tank was, was dismally low. I mean, it was just awful. Uh, it's been lower, of course, and it'll be that way again. Uh, but it was, um, it was really, really low. And, you know, one of the things that we had talked about wanting to do is, you know, we, we, we spend so much time focusing on the management of white-tailed deer, of, of axis and black buck and turkeys and ducks and, you know, everything. We always forget about the fish, you know, and the fish, you know, they, uh, they obviously they can take care of themselves, you know, relatively speaking. But, you know, when you start to see signs that your pond is not doing well, you know, then, you know, sometimes you got to step in. You know, for example, you know, the, the largemouth bass in our tank, which when it's full is 10 acres, were very stunted. And, and, you know, you can tell that a bass is stunted because, 
you know, if, if you look at a if you look at a, a bass, they got their big gills. Okay, well then their body is supposed to be, you know, if they're a healthier fish, their their body is supposed to extend outside of their gills. Okay, so when it doesn't do that, all right, and there's an indention, you know, you've got a you've got a forage fish issue. You know, aka you don't have enough bait. Uh, on the same token, if your bluegills are, are ginormous, like they are at, 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 at Rancho Bandito, when I say ginormous, I'm talking like frickin' frisbees with fins, um, you know that you've got too many bluegills. And so there is, there's kind of your problem. So, so what do you do to resolve that? Well, you take a buttload of bass out, and, and we've done that. Uh, you also take a buttload of, of, of bluegill out, trying to kind of even that up. Um, and the other thing we've done to try to help the bass is add some more cover in there, okay? And the reason why we're adding cover is because it's the whole food chain principle, right? So if we're adding cover in there, on, on so and what we did was, uh, to kind of backtrack here, in August of 2018, we ordered two pallets of cinder blocks. And so we got out there. And it was hotter in Hades, but we created these, these big cinder block piles, and, and we made them so that, you know, the little fish could go in and out, but the big fish really couldn't get, you know, they really couldn't get in there too much, all right? So, in essence, what we basically did was, is we created a very nice, um, you know, a kind of an ecosystem there, and so... Um, on the cinder blocks, you had a bunch of microorganisms. You had the moss and, and all that kind of stuff, little insects were on there. Okay, well, what eats them? Well, the little fish eat them, right? It's like and a little reef. Exactly, like no, that, that's exactly what it was. It was, it was a tech, oh, my God. It was a Texas coral reef. There you a go. Texas concrete <laughs> reef. I don't know why the hell I went all the way to Jamaica to see that crap. I think ours was a hell of a lot prettier anyway. But... But no, it was really cool because you know. So so we we knew that this was going to be a, a big hit. So um, so we set up all these little Texas concrete reefs, and um, but you know, it, it, so the as as the months progressed, okay, September the rains came, ruined my dove season. Still not over that one. In October, I mean, they really came. We got over a foot of rain in October, and then really through the through the winter into the spring, and now even to the summer. I mean, it's just rains and rains and rains. So we are just. We are happy campers. I mean, the, the overall ranch condition is outstanding, and the tank is completely full. So me and my buddies said to ourselves, you know, we said, hey, let's go down there. Because uh, we, 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 can, we can stand on the dock, and we can see all the structure we put in there, right? But let's get, let's get down there and see what we can do. So we got our little um, snorkeling gear on, and we got my GoPro camera, and that's what we did. And so the video is going to show some of that. But um yeah, it's pretty it, uh pretty crazy the difference in the water level it's like, it's nuts yeah. it is well, absolutely crazy de- we'll definitely have pictures of all that stuff uh in the in the podcast yep. show, no- show notes page and and you'll get it on the email when i send it out so it's it's uh yeah it's quite striking one year to the next it really is and it was really fun just to see and and again when i was doing when i was filming this with my with my gopro i couldn't really see all the fish because my mask kept fogging up uh but looking at the video especially around the little texas concrete reefs is fantastic and it was really really cool to see all those little fish there and in essence what's going to happen is is that's going to help them you know hide and and grow in numbers and that's going to start helping our bass out you know uh so that that was really cool on the flip side we do have a ton of grass in in that tank so uh again too much of of you know too much grass is too much cover can be a problem. So I, I mentioned there probably several times that we need right. to get some grass carp. 
um, and, and get those taken care of. But, uh, you know, we, we don't talk a lot about lake pond and lake management, but it is, uh, it is something really cool. If you've got a hunting lease and you're starting to notice some of those things, maybe that's some of the things you can do, you know, and get out there and take some out. Uh, we actually took some, again, we took some bluegill out, like I said, and we actually, uh, we cooked them up whole. So I've oh, got some great videos on that. And I like, God, the, it was great. The fish was really, really good. Uh, and kind of a cool experience for the kids too, you know, talking about getting out there, catching that fish. And I, I of course cleaned them while my buddies drink beer and laughed at me. That's a different story. <laughs> and, uh, then I cooked them up the next day and they're like, man, this is really good. And I said, yeah, guess what? You caught it. Then I told them, this is the way it used to be. Um, so again, it kind of puts things in perspective, you know, brings them back to the old school times. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, talk about how you cook those again. Walk us mm-hmm. through that. Right. So, um, you know, one of the, the there's a couple of different ways you can cook. You can cook bluegill. You know, you can. Um, I think the traditional way of doing them is filleting them. Well, the problem is when you fillet them, unless you're really good with a knife, um, and you're really good, you got a lot of practice. It, it, it's tough to to really utilize to get all that meat on there. So what we did um, is, is we cooked them whole, and and so what we basically ended up doing was is you know you get the fish, you basically chop the fish's head off. And I'll, I'll tell you what, we're gonna do it again when we go back down there. I'll, I'll see if I can get a video of me doing it. Oh, there are several on the internet, but of course mine will be superior. And <laughs> if anybody will actually watch it. And uh, so what we do is is you cut the you cut the fish's head off, right? And you throw that away. And then we, I have a little scaler that I use, and you take all the scales off of the skin, uh, but you leave the dorsal fin, the pectoral fin, and all that, okay? Uh, then you get a knife and just kind of gently slice the, the belly and just remove the entrails, okay? And that's, and that's it. You're, 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 you're basically done. Um, and so you've really got a whole fish. You're really going to be able to eat the whole thing. So what we did was... Uh, as I took that that fish, rinsed it off, made sure all the scales were off of it, uh, got a got a pasta pot, right? And filled it with water and salt, and just kind of soaked it in there for probably it was, it was a little under 24 hours. And I think we had about 10 fish. Um, and then the next day, we pulled them out uh, on the the stove top. I just put some canola oil, you know, peanut oil, olive oil, anything will work. I think. Uh, let it get warm, and then I, I took the I took the the fish out. Uh, pat it dry with a paper towel, and then I just used some, um, oh, what was it, the Louisiana fish fry mix and kind of just powdered it with that and then shook the excess off and then put the fish in there. Um, and I'd, I'd say that I probably did them, you know, two or three minutes per side uh, and then flipped them. Um, and then I let them cool, and then, God, they were just, they were outstanding. It doesn't feel like you're really eating fried fish, you know. Uh, but but the skin is edible. I mean, it was outstanding. Really? So, so it's oh god, it's wonderful, and it just kills me because I've known about this my whole freaking life. And I we used to eat them like that back in the day, but I hadn't done it. I hadn't done it recently. So, um, and basically, how you eat them is first of all, wait till they cool because when you open them up, they will burn your fingers uh, badly. <laughs> uh, but then you kind of like the, uh, the the fried chicken at the place we like yes. to go eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> burn the top of your mouth off. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And you go to the dentist. You're like, God, you have trauma off the top of your mouth. It's like, yeah, but it's so ke- good. It's either queso or Chinese chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so what you basically do is you take that top fin off, all right, and it, it'll pop out very easily. 
And then you basically just get your fingers and just kind of gently, just kind of gently pull the meat away from the skeleton. Uh, and then once you do it, it, it literally looks like a, um, literally looks like one of those skeleton fish that you see on like Lunar Nightly Tunes, you know, right. like the cat will pull off a trash can. And it's outstanding. Uh, the meat is white and flaky. Um, and it's just, it's really freaking good. Oh, I'll be. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And of course, you know, the bigger the bluegill, the better. You know, they can do it with crappie as well. So, thankfully, we caught some just some gigantic bluegill. Uh, so they ate, uh, they ate really well. So, yeah, awesome. it was Very fun, cool. man. It was a lot of fun. Well, I'm sorry I missed it. Oh, God, I am too. <laughs> well, I tell you what, when we go back down, unfortunately, we know when that's going to be. We'll get, we'll, uh, we'll get old Jebediah, let him, let him bring in a few. I'd love uh, that. That'd be fun. That'd be yeah. fun. We'll, we'll record it too. We'll, uh, yes. we'll put it out there. You put it out there for the people. Record the first fish. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> So it was it was it was a really fun weekend. Lots of good experiences again with the kids. You know, just another chance to get them out there and and get them growing up. Um, you know, the right way in the outdoors. You know, appreciating things like that. So we uh, of course we went and checked protein feeders. We we did some stuff like that. And uh, you know, again, I mentioned really early earlier on this thing that we we just had a ton of rain, so we've got we've got some pretty good natural forage out there. The deer are still hitting the protein fears, but definitely nowhere near as much as they they traditionally will hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, by late June in Texas, things are getting pretty pretty parched. Okay, right. uh, at least in the area that we hunt, you know, South Texas and you know West Texas and whatnot. But again, this year we just haven't had the yet the blazing temperatures, and we had a lot of rain. So there's still a lot of natural forage out there, but they're definitely hitting the uh, definitely hitting the protein feeders. Uh, still got the cotton seed out. Uh, we're going to keep that out until about August, and then we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll cut back on that, and then. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been really good. We've got 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 some other little things that we were working on, but we will we will talk about that at a another time, hopefully soon. Absolutely, it'll yeah. be an interesting fall, that's for sure. Um, it will be. You know, hopefully, well, I don't want to bring it up for fear of putting it into depression, but hopefully, dove season will be a little better. You know, maybe it won't rain between now and then. Things will dry up a little. I mean, it's 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 tough, you know. It's it's really tough. Like I, I just, man, I love it, but, whew, it's uh, we need the rains, bittersweet. I don't know how many times I say that on podcasts. Bittersweet, bittersweet, bitter. oh, love yeah. the rain. We love the rain, but man, it just when you're hunting over water, it just screws things up. Right, so we'll and say. the problem here is, you know, it's uh, it's it's great now, but you know, at some point, oh, yeah. it's gonna be really bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> drought wise. So it's like, well, I guess I can kind of sacrifice for a couple of years just to get as much of it as possible, and then yep. then yep. we'll suffer through the the opposite way. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing that with everybody. Of course. Right. Of course. And uh, my pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else? I think that's about it. Uh, well, actually, we'll be leaving the great state of Texas, which pains me greatly, to go on a little journey up north to see our brethren in Colorado. But on the way up there, we will be hitting a few of my uh, my favorite little towns, of one of which is Albany, Texas. Uh, just, I just, I love it. Fantastic small West Texas town. An outstanding restaurant there, steakhouse called the Beehive Saloon. 
uh, one of the best steaks in the entire state, Mesquite Grilled. I absolutely love it. So we'll be posting some pictures there. Going to take the girls there for the first time. And then uh, the following day, we'll be heading up to the the, uh, the fatherland, which would be a beautiful Lubbock, Texas. So there you uh, go. Yeah. Well, well, and you know, when you when you're driving up there, you're I guess technically still in the old part of Texas, right? When you're up in Colorado, no, that's very no. true. You know, so that's very true. <laughs> I should go back and say, by order of the great people of Texas, I reclaim Recla- the we recla- we reclaim this land. Yeah, they're like, well, hey, man. <laughs> I can't do that, bro. <laughs> just kidding. I know all Coloradians are not like that. I'm just being stereotypical. All right. Now it, it it'll be good. Going up there is is fun. It just it uh, you know to to be in the mountains and to to not sweat 24 hours a day is is a cool thing. So right, right. looking forward to it. I, I I do love to fly fish. So uh, that's that's a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll be doing that. I'll see if we can get some video of that. So. Um. You'll definitely yep. need to and get some good pictures. We got to share it with our uh, with our folks. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And, uh, you can tell us some uh, good stories when you get back. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, we'll go <laughs> eat my burr. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all. That's all I got. That's all you got. I, I guess we can. It. All right, folks. Well, uh, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Just a reminder to text the word bandit. 345-345. And when you do, you'll join our email list where we'll send killer deals on innovative hunting products and services along with entertaining tips and tricks straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss out. So again, text the word BANDIT to 345-345 and we look forward to seeing you on the hunt. Until next time, have a good one and remember to support your local feed store.